0: Welcome to Spiniverse. What's up, everybody? I'm Rabbi Josh. He/him pronouns. Goucher Hillel director.
1: I'm. I'm Leah Sawyer. She/her she/her pronouns, and I'm the former Hillel co-president.
2: I'm Ryan. I use she/her pronouns, and I'm one of the current Hillel co-presidents.
0: Cool. So. Y'all may know, it is International Women's Month, and just this week it was International Women's Day. Um, And um, I think we have some very amazing women on this podcast, um, if I do say so myself, about you guys. Um, And so I thought it very appropriate for us, for our next, I don't know how long, maybe the rest of the semester, to kind of focus on figures of women within these Torah portions. Um, because as as we know, uh, the Torah it seems to come a lot from a patriarchal perspective, but if we can kind of shift our own perspective and sort of really try and uncover the voices and the characters and um, the stories of the women here, I think it'll be a different and interesting perspective for us to read the Torah, both through uh, ancient midrash and your commentary we can try and really think about what was going on and what we can um, discover about them and what it tells us about women within jewish tradition all right so we're jumping right in with uh we didn't really have too much in the way of women oh we did we talked about lilith at our first session so we sort of did that already um, we didn't talk last session too much about noah's wife she's pretty much not really mentioned too much in the story Um, But we have a pretty main character who is going to come in here, and that is Sarah, or as she is known, actually, in the beginning of this portion, Sarai. Um, And uh, so why don't you guys start in with, you want to tell me before we even read the text, like, what do you think about Sarah? When you think about Sarah, what do you, what parts of the story come out to you? Questions you have, anything.
2: I know, like, bits and pieces. I know she gave birth when she was quite old.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, she was Abraham's wife. Uh, I know that like in a lot of the lessons is like, may God make you like Sarah Rachel and Leon. So she's a matriarch.
1: Yeah. She had a really, really hard time having a baby, right?
0: Yes. In fact, that's a, a- a theme that pops up for pretty much almost all of the matrix, except for Leia. interestingly, your, your namesake, Leah. Um, so, uh, so Wouldn't Sarah, Re- Sarah, Rebecca, and Rachel all have this whole um, trope of being barren or having a difficult time having children. Um, so you want to think about like, well, what does that mean? Where's that coming from? Was that something real people were dealing with? back in those days? And, you know, how does that carry across to today in in terms of the idea of people's worth being measured in some way by their ability to have children? How do we think about that too? Um, Because that's a, you know, that's one of those things that I think we're going to have a a real disconnect between the ancient world and our current contemporary kind of valuing of humans for who they are. Um, So, you know, I think something we'll come back to in that. All right. So difficult time having children. Anything else, Leah, you want to mention? about
1: Sarah? Um, not that it comes to the top of my head. Okay.
0: All right. So we will dive right in. I basically excerpted... All the parts of this Torah portion that have anything to do with Sarah. With a little bit of context that's not words about Sarah here, uh, but we're going to go straight to that. So, pulling it up on screen. We're actually starting at the end of last week's portion. of Noah, I kind of like to do this because often this is what happens. There's a There's a lead-in at the end of a portion that's kind of like preview for next week. It's the cliffhanger at the end of the episode that... Keeps you going till the next week. So I'm going back to that previously on the Torah um, <laughs> from last <laughs> week. <laughs> so anybody want to start in here? This is uh, this is the end of a long line of genealogy of you know ten generations from Noah to Abraham. Okay, Leah, you want to go for it?
1: Sure. Now, this is the line of Terah. Terah begot Adam, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran begot Lot. Haran died in the lifetime of his father, Terah in his native land, Ur of the Chal- Chaldeans. Abram and Nahor took wives to themselves, the name of Abram's wife being Sarai, and that of Nahor's wife, Milka, and the daughter of Haran, the father of Milka, and Iska. Now... Sarai was barren. She had no child. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter in law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram, and they set out together from Ur of the Chaldeans the, for the land of Canaan. But when they had come as far as Haran, they settled there. The days of Terah came to 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. But I thought people stopped living that old. After the last portion.
0: Good point. I
1: thought they started dying right. sooner.
0: God did make a pronouncement saying that the, the days of man should be 120 years and no more. Um, however, yeah, that we still do get genealogies, including the patriarchs, Abraham, um, Isaac, and, and Jacob all live beyond 120 years. So uh, you're right. It didn't carry through. Good question. Don't have a good answer for you. Um, anything else you notice here about the beginning of this story?
1: Talks about how she's barren.
0: Yup. Something I noticed that I honestly don't know if I really had noticed before was that I think about Abraham being told, which is what we're going to read next, uh, go out of your native lands to go to the land of Canaan, which becomes Israel. Um, And he's coming from, you know, this place or of the Chaldeans we think of is probably somewhere in modern day Iraq. Um, Haran being a little bit closer, maybe towards Syria, uh, if you're kind of looking at the the map of the Middle East. Um, But that Terach actually starts this journey himself. Abraham's father starts this journey himself. Abraham doesn't, isn't just like jumping up. So he's kind of continuing his father's journey. And I just never noticed that before. And I thought about like, well, why did he do it? You know, why is he setting out from this place? We don't have any story about God speaking to Terach. We just know he's leaving. And all of this. So one commentator tries to uh, sort of answer two questions in one fell swoop. Um, Radak, who I think is Rabbi David Kimchi, who I believe is a Sephardi commentator, um, who uh, answers the question about like the leaving and the whole barren thing. Um, and like, what do they have to do with each other? So Ryan, you want to go for this one?
2: Yeah. Uh, as long as she lived in the land of ur Kastim, she had no child, but in the land of Israel, eventually she did give birth. This is part of the reason why God, when he told Avram to emigrate, said, Lech Lecha, go for your own sake. God had added that once He there, once there, he would make Avram develop into a great nation, although this was not a promise that his children would be born by Sarah. All
0: right. That's an editor's note. Um, meaning that... Because we, part of the story that comes later is this whole idea that Sarah is real frustrated about not having children and she gives her concubine Hagar to Abraham to have children.
1: Doesn't that if, become kind of like common? I remember that happening with um, Leah and
2: Rachel.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, that's like a strange it, custom, but you know. Doesn't Hagar have a son and then they run away and that's basically what forms the religion of Islam?
0: Yeah, it, it becomes a very uh, foundational story for Islam and the Arab people as a whole. Um, that Ishmael, um, who is the first son of Abraham, is, uh, the, is the is the true chosen one. So you know, part of this this whole story about um, through whom does Abraham's kind of lineage go, and where does the promise go through? Is it through Ishmael, or is it through? Um, isaac you know who ends up being sarah's son after that old age spoiler alert sorry a little late on that one um is is part of the the conflict in some ways between the text in the quran the muslim holy book and the and the torah um so yeah that's definitely part of the story here um what it's also saying is this whole idea that the land somehow gives sarah the ability to give birth um And that her, it's interesting because I, I always think about it being like, you know, Abraham's supposed to go to the land to inherit the land, but if he doesn't have any offspring. That ain't going to happen. Uh, so this whole idea about the land being somehow connected with fertility is a really interesting I don't know. It's, it's an interesting concept. Um, I don't know what I think about it, you know, positive, negative, whatever. Um, but it definitely comes up a lot, the idea of the land itself, the land of Israel being connected to fertility. And I think some of it is because the land of Israel has no, very little natural irrigation by way of waterways, right? There's there's the Galilee, which is a pretty small kind of lake and the Jordan River. Um, but a lot of what Israel is dependent upon is rainfall. Um, and so fertility, which is... You know, Connected to childbearing is also connected to kind of fertility of the earth and the land's fertility. Um, so it's interesting the way they're kind of playing with this here. Any other thoughts on this before we go on? Okay. All right. So we get into a little bit the Sarah story. So as soon as they get to the land, <laughs> what I just said about fertility of the land, problem. They didn't get rainfall that year, they had a famine. So as soon, pretty much as soon as they get to the land of Israel, they got to leave. And they go down toward the Negev, which is the desert. So, Ryan, you want to go on in this one?
2: Yeah. Uh, Then Abram journeyed by stages toward the Negev. Uh, There was famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn, sojourn there. For the famine was severe in the land. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. If the Egyptians see you and think she is his wife, they will kill me and let you live. Please say that you are my sister, that it may go well with me because of you and that I may remain alive thanks to you. When Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw how very beautiful the woman was. Pharaoh's courtiers saw her and praised her to Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's palace, and because of her, it went well with Abram. He acquired sheep, oxen, asses, male and female slaves, she asses, and camels. But God, God, thank you, afflicted Pharaoh and his household with mighty plagues on account of Sarai, the wife of Abram. Pharaoh sent for Abram and said, What is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her as my wife? Now, here is your wife. Take her and be gone. And Pharaoh put agents in charge of him and they sent him off with his wife and all that he possessed.
0: All right. All right. This is one of those ones they skip in Hebrew school.
1: (laughs) What, Sarah? Everyone's just like all these men are just like throwing her around, doing whatever. What is? I don't think she wants to be doing all these things. It's very bizarre. We
0: don't know because we don't hear her voice, right? So, so okay. So it's clear Abraham actually gains wealth because of having. Passed right. off Sarai as his sister and misleading Pharaoh. This is a different Pharaoh, by the way, than the Pharaoh later on with Jacob. And Pharaoh is a title, not a. Not I a
1: found it like I eye rolling how this Pharaoh gives Abram slaves. Right, mm-hmm. that's what it said, and then later on, when later on, because right, Abram becomes like the first. Jewish person. And then later on, all those Jewish people will be slaves in Egypt from a different pharaoh.
0: So mm. you're saying karma here?
1: Flip flop there.
0: Yeah, you're saying some karma coming back to uh
1: no, not just like that's one of those like it's just weird. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah.
2: Well, to skip forward to the story of Passover, isn't it like and then came a pharaoh that didn't know Jake?
0: Jacob? Yeah, uh Joseph, Jacob, yeah. I think it's Jacob. Uh, probably Joseph. I, I think Joseph at that yeah. point. Because Joseph is the He's one who's
1: buddies with the Pharaoh.
0: Right, right, right. Um and Egypt was supposed to be eternally fertile because of the Nile, right? The Nile Del- Nile Valley Delta is always fertile, except for that period of time, that Joseph story, in which sometimes for some reason things dry up. All right. Uh so um the I, that that kind of uh refrain about again fertility and famine that comes up a lot this whole thing too by the way happens again in another story with sarai and avi melech who is a king in the land of canaan um and there he gets also plagues and all that kind of thing I mean,
1: um yeah I, so abram is like yo sarah i don't want to die so let the pharaoh do whatever because apparently i'm gonna retender my sister and then god gets really mad that that happened and then sends a bunch of plagues to pharaoh
0: yeah also a prequel there it's almost like
1: god respects women more than the men in the story oh yeah
0: well i like that (laughs) it's a good answer (laughs)
1: for in like this story later on probably blah, blah, blah. but for now
0: right yeah right but it says on account of sarai like god is ticked off on sarai's account like that wasn't okay
1: i think god should be pissed off at sarai's husband uh-huh. for being like oh i sent you to another man and now i'm getting all this free stuff
2: even right. though
1: you're literally my wife right right
0: yeah it's um it's uh, you would say in today's parlance it's a little sus (laughs) this whole situation maybe greatly sus um so yeah and and, you know like maybe what's sort of obvious that's in the background here is is uh women as possession sexual possession and you know where is sarah's um consent here to this relationship um yeah. yeah,
2: I I think it's interesting that we don't hear Sarah's voice. We don't really hear any woman's voice. Like it, it's all told from the, well, whatever perspective. It's like, yeah, Sarah's voice isn't like uplifted, even though God is like angry on her behalf. We like we don't hear Sarah's thoughts.
0: Yeah, no, I. I tried to look a little bit at the Midrash to see about some of this stuff. Unfortunately, I found some stuff. I will be quite honest; was was quite uh, misogynist and racist. Honestly, that I found in some of the original rabbinic commentary about Sarah versus the women of Egypt, and it just I, I didn't want to bring that here. It really is of no current contemporary value, uh, except to note that you know there's some stuff that. There's some stuff in our tradition that I think is really deeply problematic, not just in the Torah, but in the commentary to the Torah, and I I freely admit that. Um, Nevertheless, I think sometimes there are some interesting thoughts. What I couldn't necessarily find is that. So the question is, what do you think Sarah's voice would have been in those moments? How would you imagine her voice? Um, And that that I'm leaving up to you. Uh, How would she have reacted?
1: Um... Well, like I am alive in a very different time than she was, mm-hmm. so I think that's tricky because you don't know exactly the situation she was in. True. Um,
2: yeah, I agree. I think. I guess if you wanted to put like, well, no, um, I I think she like would have been able to speak up for herself i don't think she needed god like i don't think she would have needed god to be like yo this is effed up like
1: honestly you at least where my mind went at first when it just kind of seems like the pharaoh takes her and is giving all these things to abram for having this woman who he thought was his sister is that she's in a unsafe situation yeah yeah that's what came to my mind when i yeah. was reading it was that she I, was not in a consensual situation and she was not in a safe situation
2: yeah i think maybe sarah would be a little peeved with god like yo w- now you come in where were you when he was like, get
1: divorced yo. i mean that's
2: not a thing but like where was he when he was like you know yo i'm gonna say you're my sister and then I'm going to get a bunch of free stuff. Where was God? Because, like, isn't there, like, no adultering? Like, no... Oh, yeah. But
1: the thing is, Abram didn't... He didn't tell Sarah to pretend to be his sister to get free stuff. He told her to pretend to be his sister so that he wouldn't get murdered, which I guess is a bit more reasonable. But I guess he didn't expect the pharaoh to want her hmm and so that kind of brought it into a new situation because he originally just talks about the egyptians he doesn't talk about like the pharaoh and i'm assuming if he meant the pharaoh he would have said the pharaoh he just kind of said like the egyptian people right So i think it was probably like an unexpected situation that he decided to take advantage of in the moment it wasn't the plan
0: got it all right and so taking he went advantage in with some... a
2: woman shocking <laughs> i know
0: so he went in with some self-preservationist tactics that you can sort of understand, but then he took advantage of the situation and that is yeah. where it really turned, yeah. Yeah, and in, in either situation, Sarah still doesn't have a voice. She's not told, you can, let's not go to Egypt, let's go somewhere else, um, right? Uh, yeah.
1: No, yeah. why didn't they just do that? I don't know, I don't know.
0: Um, and now we get to the story, we're jumping to the story of uh, the whole concubine thing. Um, which is interesting. I thought for the first time. It's funny when you read the Torah. Sometimes I'm like, I never really thought about this in this context. But I thought about the, I thought about parental surrogacy uh, nowadays, and I'm wondering in what ways this does and doesn't, you know, have um, connection to you know folks who u- utilize surrogates now. Um, so yeah. Um, all right. I so have a you,
1: question. At yeah. this point, does Abram have children from some other woman?
0: Yeah, there's actually, uh, oh, okay. that's what I yeah, yeah, down the line after Sarah dies, sorry, another spoiler alert. Um, but so he does have a child with Hagar, as you're about to see. Then, you know, he has Isaac with Sarah. And at some point when Sarah dies, it says that he marries another woman whose name was Keturah. Um, there's a kibbutz in Israel named Keturah. Um, some, a lot of the midrash, a lot of the rabbis actually say that Keturah is a different name for Hagar and that. Abraham remarried, you know, the concubine that he had the first child with. No real textual basis for that, um, but that this is probably a third person, and he actually has a number of children with her at this point, um, between the ages of, I guess, somewhere between like. 136 for Abraham and 175 or so. (laughs) Yeah, uh, as
1: many as there are stars in the sky, right? That's
0: that's what they call a ripe old age. Um, Yeah, as many as there are stars in the sky, but none of those children get the same kind of privileges in terms of being part of the Jewish people that Isaac gets.
1: And the, like, and the privilege of almost being killed by his father. The
0: privilege of almost being killed by his father. A lot of spoiler alerts here for those who haven't read the Torah. You no, know, don't read it. All right, yeah, so um, every,
1: everyone's afraid of getting the Torah spoiler alert.
0: <laughs> Torah spoiler, obviously. Okay, um, I'm not sure who's up for for reading right now. Leah, I think it's I back to read. you. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had an Egyptian maid servant whose name was Hagar, and Sarai said to Abram, "Look." God has kept me from bearing. Consort with my maid. Perhaps I shall have a child. Perhaps I shall have a child through her. And Abram heeded Sarai's request. So Sarai, Abram's wife, took her maid, Hagar, the Egyptian, after, after Abram had dwelt in the land of Canaan 10 years and gave her to her husband, Abram, as concubine. He cohabitated with Hagar and she conceived. And when she, she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was lowered in her esteem. And Sarai said to Abram, the wrong done me is your fault. I myself put my maid in your bosom. Now that she sees that she is pregnant, I am lowered in her esteem. God decided between you and me. Abram said to Sarai, Your maid is in your hands. Deal with her as you think right. Then Sarai treated her harshly and she ran away from her. A messenger of God found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the road to Shur, and said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? And she said, I am running away from my mistress Sarai. And the messenger of God said to her, go back to your mistress and submit to her harsh treatment and the treatment And the messenger of God said to her, I will greatly increase your offspring and they shall be too many to count. The messenger of God said to her further, behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall call him Ishmael for God has paid heed to your suffering. He shall be a wild ass of a person his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him. He shall dwell alongside of his kin. And she called God who spoke to her, you are Elroy, by which she meant, Have I not gone on scene after my being seen? Therefore, the well was called Yilahai Roy. It is between Kadesh and Beret. Hagar bore a son to Abram, and Abram gave the son that Hagar bore him the name Ishmael. And Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram.
0: All right. <sighs> there.
2: Uh, Sarah, what? What? Yeah. Like, I mean,
1: it's fair. No, it's not. I,
2: it's, I, I'm struggling to see how any of this is acceptable. No.
0: That is fair. That's fair.
2: Like, genuinely. Like, I, we don't even know
1: if she wanted to be with Abram in the first place. Hagar? Sarah was kind of like, here you go. Yeah.
0: Right. So it's a little interesting because it's a reversal of Sarah's role in the previous part of the story where Sarah doesn't have um, volition, you know, to choose on her own. Here, I think she's um, objectifying Hagar, you know, in a certain way. And so Sarah's taking some, some ownership, um, and, but Hagar doesn't necessarily have agency, you know, in this, in this choice. Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: There's some really toxic relationships.
0: There are some, yeah, some deeply things. And then, you know, Abraham, he's silent here. You don't hear his voice at the beginning. And he cohabits with Hagar and she becomes pregnant. And this whole esteem thing, you know, the idea that Hagar thinks she's better than Sarah, which you can sort of understand the dynamics in the household at this point, especially if Hagar was Sarah's slave and was treated, you know, as less than a human being, the idea that she has some kind of, um, privilege or just, you know, something that she can be proud of over her mistress. You can get that too. And then so she kicks her out. There's just, by the way, that happens again later on when, when Ishmael is 13. Um, when Sarah doesn't like the way that Ishmael is playing with Yitzchak, it says he's mitzah hiking Yitzchak. It's not clear what's what going on there. Um, one, one Rashi here is actually to say that these stories are connected. Uh, it says that, uh, because it says that Agar is Egyptian. So this says she was the daughter of Pharaoh. When he saw the miracles that had been performed for Sarah's sake, he said, it's better for my daughter to be a handmaid in this man's house than to be mistress in another man's house. So Pharaoh sells off his own daughter to be, to be Sarah's maidservant, according to this, which is even more deeply interesting. And uh, I don't know, you know, hard to, uh, hard, I, it's a bit hard to buy from the point of why would Pharaoh do that the for his own
1: daughter clearly really respects women, <laughs> I-
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: that was a joke.
0: I, I got yeah, yeah. I got that it was a joke,
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a question if you yeah. scroll up, did it say that Hagar scroll up, yep, like towards the top? Um Keep going. yeah does it say Yeah, he says she says consort with my maid, perhaps I shall have a child through her. So was it in the viewpoint that Hagar would have this child and then that child would be Sar- Sarai and Abrams?
0: Yes. In some sense, yes. Right. So that's, where I, that's part of where I was thinking about in terms of, of surrogacy of the idea of the child being hers. Now, we're not talking about egg donation, you know, and another person just bearing the child that, you know, according to the biologically is yours. But the idea is that somehow this child who was born through Hagar would be surized to raise.
1: But then she kicks him out at 13.
0: Right. Because there's some sense in which, like, that doesn't really work, <laughs> right? Her mother's, his mother's still there. She's going to raise him as as a mother. Um, and I think that's where this plan, this plan already starts to go haywire right from the beginning, at least according to this. Now, yeah, I, I, I would say that this text definitely has some polemical intent, In the sense of what is it trying to say about the descendants of Ishmael in a positive or negative way. Um, And mostly, you know, here, somewhat negative and the wild ass of a man kind of thing here. Um, So I I would, you know, I think there's um, reason in some sense to read it that way, but Sarah doesn't come off positively either. Right? Like, um, she comes off as fairly cruel. You know, and forceful. Um,
1: yeah. So, like, no, none of the actions that happen in any part of anything we've read really are okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm also confused why then when um, when Hagar leaves mm-hmm. because sarai is being like aggressive towards her god is like go back go back to her who's being mean to you yeah and doesn't like tell her to stop or anything god just tells her to go back
0: right
2: when- it's like god isn't serving anyone but himself or men <laughs> well, yeah but that's not new that's yeah. not new
0: <laughs> i i would say i and i guess this is something that's probably also ancient world it's the idea it's like you know, you'll suffer, but your suffering will have meaning, and eventually, you know, your children will benefit thereof. I think
2: that is a toxic mindset. I would. You imagine. should not have to suffer to be resilient. You should. Uh, yeah,
0: I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I'm not. Just, I, I, I don't hold that viewpoint personally yeah. at all. Nevertheless, I think that that's something that is here in the Torah, particularly in the sense of of Hagar. And you're right. To me, like, you why know, go into an abusive. House relationship toxic household. I don't. I don't think that's healthy. Um, and you know, you see ways in which it plays out as not healthy. So um, yeah, want to just second that as really important for wellness and relationships. Sometimes there are times where relationships are toxic, and it's important to walk away. Um, okay, so. We go to the last story for today, um, where some good stuff happens for Sarai, you know, God ends up having this conversation with Abraham, where Abraham's like, what's up, God, it's the middle of the night, and I'm going to sacrifice some animals and talk to me, tell me what's going to happen, you know. <laughs> um, so God kind of has this prophecy to Abraham, and he says the following, God said to Abraham, as for your wife, Sarai, you shall not call her Sarai, but her name shall be Sarah sarah i will bless her indeed i will give you a son by her i will bless her so that she will give rise to nations rulers of peoples shall issue from her abraham threw himself on his face and laughed and he said to himself can a child be born to a man a 100 years old or can sarah bear a child at 90 Um, and abraham said to god oh that ishmael might live by your favor god said nevertheless sarah your wife shall bear you a son and you shall name him isaac And I will maintain my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring to come. Um, One little note from Rashi about why Sarai, why Sarah and not Sarai, the name change for her, where a hay gets added both to Abraham's name and to Sarah's name. Um, Some say that that hay is sort of, as you've seen in this text, actually, the hay sometimes stands in for God's name. Um, But... uh, you shall not call her name Sarai, which means "my princess," a princess to me and not to others. Because Sarah or Sarai is princess, but Sarah, in a more general sense, shall be your name. She shall be princess overall. Um, interesting little, little tidbit. Um, so, okay, so we get some sort of, I guess, positive hope, redemption for Sarah, Sarai, at this point, at at age ninety. Um, And um, the idea that she'll have a child. So,
2: yeah. Do we want her to have a child, though, based on how she has treated another person and will, in the future, treat a child?
0: Well, you know...
2: (laughs) Is this the person we want? What are the laws of
0: time travel, if we can go back and change it, we wouldn't be here. But maybe that's an alternate timeline. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's a question. Uh, that is a, that's a valid question.
2: I, 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 str- I just struggle to see why she is being rewarded. And I put that in air quotes because, like, I, I don't know, like, but. The child isn't a reward. It's a human being. It is not like, you were good. You get a child.
0: Right. Abraham also says here that Ishmael might live by your favor. He's worried about Ishmael dying or something happening to Ishmael. You're saying this whole thing's going to happen with this other kid. What about my kid? I have a kid already. You know, What about him? Um, and God says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Him too. But, you know, Sarah's going to have a son. Um, and I do think, again, here, there is definitely baked into this story some kind of Polemic about chosenness. This whole like, you know, uh, what the text is saying about through whose line does this uh does the thing go. And if you've watched Game of Thrones or any of those, any of those, I don't know, any you know, contemporary royal kind of things, the whole question about like who gets to inherit is a big one. And certainly it is in this story as well. Yeah.
2: This only further proves that God does not in fact have uterus. <laughs> Interesting choice for International Women's Month.
0: Well, look, I can't change the text of the Torah.
2: It's not (laughs) not like
1: you can go in a different order.
0: How would you go? What? So you said you saw that should go in a different order.
1: It's not like you can go in a different order in terms of like the text.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, we could always choose, you know, some stories and. Um, yeah and there's some more stories with Sarah later where you know once Isaac is born it seems like things just turn a little bit her, her character changes a bit maybe we'll see that in a couple of weeks um, but I do think that there's a sense of her um, you know her life being um, both challenging from the standpoint of being uprooted and moving and being you know objectified but then also of a certain sense of kind of cruelty and ownership that she has and um, and yet, and that some of this frustration is borne by the idea of not having a child it doesn't justify it, you know, but, you know, as we're trying to explore her story and figure out kind of her personality and her journey. Um, yeah, there's, there's some, uh, there's some bumps and bruises along the way for sure for Sarah. So, yeah, wish I had a more upbeat note for you guys for the end there, uh, except for the fact that there is some hope in Isaac and all of that. Um, but that, thus far for Lech Lecha. All right. Any other thoughts as we close this one up? All right. We will see you back in a couple of weeks, um, and we will see what happens when Isaac is indeed born. All right. Thanks. This was Spiniverse. Spiniverse is a production of Goucher Hillel. If you'd like to look at the text that we've been studying today, take a look at the link in our episode description. Have a wonderful week.